brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. Since the issuing of the tra- of Traditionis Custodis on the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel in July of 2021, two years ago, almost to the day that you're watching this, Francis and his henchmen have been telling faithful Catholics that we have a religion today that is different than what came before Vatican II. We have also been told that Francis is doing the will of the Council by bringing the Church into full compliance with the Council, which was to change the faith. He is engaged in that mission, doing what the Council told the Church to do, or so he says, and more importantly, doing what the men who helped him become Pope told him to do, which I think is more likely. Those statements were remarkable, and they they helped many people wake up to an astonishing possibility. Many now openly question whether Francis is actually the Pope of the Catholic Church, or of some other organization pretending to be the Catholic Church, what we often call here the ape of the Church, or the anti-Church. That sounds radical, but now we have Father Altman asking this question and telling you what he really thinks. And he asked it just before Francis's new prefect for the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith, declared that Francis is engaged in the work of irreversibly changing the church. So let's get to those stories today. But first, I want to check in with Pacapapa Francis, which we like to do from time to time around here. So at the same time that he gave his Angelus address, where he announced 21 new cardinals that will allow him to all but guarantee that the next pope elected by the College of Cardinals is a man just like him in every way possible, Francis the Great and Merciful gave us his version of the gospel which accuses those of us who hold rigidly to the morality of the church of not knowing God the Father. Quote, The gospel's message is therefore clear, said the Pope. God reveals himself by liberating and healing the human person, with a gratuitous love that saves. However, he explained, the greatness of God's love and works is not understood by those who presume to be great and who fabricate a God in their own image. Powerful, inflexible, vindictive. Those who are full of themselves, proud, concerned only by their own interests, convinced they do not need anyone, are not able to accept God as Father, said the Pope. End quote. So if you believe God is, to quote both the letter to the Hebrews and the prophet Malachi, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if you remember his justice, which is characterized here as vindictiveness, and if you remember that his justice is inseparable from his mercy, then you don't know God the Father. Great. Thanks, Francis. I hate it. Now, Father Altman gave a recent public address where he said on camera that Francis was not the Pope. Father Altman said that. And his reasons are weirdly administrative. Francis hires bad people, basically. Notorious public sinners who advocate for the uh, James Martin sin and sweep away and hide from the public eye the details of Ted McCarrick problems in their dioceses. Those sorts of things. We are well aware of that problem. Father Altman's reasoning is that, according to him, as St. Robert Bellarmine has told us, a heretic loses his office, even a pope. And that's fine, though typically, administrative malfeasance isn't heresy per se. But his point is clear. I don't have the full clip, since it's obviously not exactly friendly to the platform, if you are familiar with uh, Father Altman's blunt way of speaking. But here is Father Altman, in his own words, saying Francis is not the pope. So you know, I'm not just making it up. There are too many moments from the moments to count here. Bergoglio is not a pope. He is a fraud. 
And I show you that because some will say that I was just making it up. No, Father Altman said it, and I want to know what you think of him saying that. What do you think the consequences will be for him? I mean, he's already been cancelled by his bishop, he doesn't have a parish to run. I'm curious if he will lose the connections and the support of certain conservative Catholic outlets and certain organizations dedicated to helping priests in this position, who very much think Francis is Pope but just a bad one, who countersignal Vigano at every chance they get. I'm really curious about what you think. And I'll have a link for the whole clip for you to watch in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. It's very spicy, to put it mildly, but I want you to think about the essence of what he says in the even the short clip that I shared for you, and the summary of what I told you he said, that Francis hires bad, wicked men and gives them offices of critical power in the church to do his will. Now, what is his will? What is Francis's goal? Monday morning, it was announced that soon-to-be Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, soon-to-be prefect for the dicastery of the Doctor of the Faith, quite clearly told us what Francis is doing. And this announcement was made by media figures who found things he said several years ago. According to Fernandez, Francis is changing the church and the faith in an irre irreversible way. Fernandez states this unequivocally in an answer to a few questions asked by an interviewer back in 2015 in LaCroix magazine. I'll distill the questions into two for you here for the sake of brevity, but I'll quote him directly. He is asked about Francis's reforming the Roman Curia in a slow way and if that will be hampered by Francis's claims of having a short papacy, something, by the way, Francis no longer says, since he's been running the church now for a decade. He didn't think he'd make it five years, reportedly. But Fernandez's answer back in 2015 is quite revealing. Quote, The Pope goes slow because he wants to be sure that the changes have a deep impact. The slow pace is necessary to ensure the effectiveness of the changes. He knows there are those hoping that the next Pope will turn everything back around. If you go slowly, it's more difficult to turn things back. He makes this clear when he says, time is greater than space. The Pope may have, must have his reasons because he knows very well what he's doing. He must have an objective that we don't understand yet. You have to realize that he is aiming at a reform that is irreversible. If one day he should intuit that he is running out of time and he doesn't have enough time to do what the Spirit is asking him, you can be sure that he will speed up. End quote. This is why those of us who say that he's absolutely not done burying the traditional Latin Mass warn that more restrictions are coming. It's far harder to undo a series of legislative acts done by a pontiff than it is to undo one sweeping act. We saw that with Francis sweeping away Samorum Pontificum with the stroke of a pen. Francis is piecemealing his so-called reform of the Church and the Roman Curia in stages. Notice, for example, how many of the same issues addressed by the Pan-Amazon Synod are being addressed Again, now, at the Synod of Synodality, despite Francis, at that time, saying the case for the ordination of women was closed, or rejecting married clergy was not going to happen, at least married clergy not at that time. Both are once again, with his blessing, getting debated at the Synod right now. Very few things are off the table for Francis. The only question is how much time does he have left to implement his plans for the Church, and what are his plans? He keeps them close to the chest, because he likes to string along the more radical elements on his side of things as well. But it is that question, how much time does Francis have left, that Fernandez addressed his next answer to, that of a short pontificate that leads to schism. Now here's Fernandez, the incoming prefect for the dicastery of the doctrine of the faith, here to dash your hopes and dreams, I suspect. Quote, No, there's no turning back. If and when Francis is no longer pope, his legacy will remain strong. For example, the Pope is convinced that the things he's already written or said cannot be condemned as an error. Therefore, in the future, anyone can repeat those things without fear of being sanctioned. 
and then the majority of the people of God, with their special sense, will not easily accept turning back on certain things. And no, there's a, there's a schism when a group of important people share the same sensibilities that reflect those of a vast section of society. Lutheran Protestantism came about that way. Sort of. But now the overwhelming majority of the people are with Francis and they love him. His opponents are weaker than you think. Not pleasing everyone does not mean provoking a schism. End quote. Folks, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but he's not wrong. Yes, we've seen signs that Francis' popularity is waning, but it's not waning as much as you might think it is. Yes, people are tired of him, hence why almost no one shows up to his Angelus addresses anymore. And, as I'll likely talk about later in the week, why world youth registration is the lowest it's ever been, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But it's critical to remember something unpopular here. And that is this. The majority of Catholics, according to the independent external research, want changes made to the faith about sins of the flesh, the use of artificial means to limiting the number of children they have, the James Martin sin, divorce, remarriage, and on and on and on it goes. And this is why I make a distinction between traditional Catholics and conservative Catholics, by the way. Because among traditionalists, there is near total unanimity in adhering to what the Church has always said on these matters, and how the Church should preserve these teachings and promulgate them. But among conservative Catholics in Novus Ordo, there simply isn't that unanimity. The numbers from Pew Research have said this for decades now, and frankly, the data is getting worse, not getting better. So Archbishop Fernandez isn't wrong about the threat of schism in that way. It may should make you feel a little lonely here on the traditional side of things. But what do you think? Is Father Altman right? Is Archbishop Fernandez right in saying that Francis is working towards irreversible changes to the faith and that those who oppose him are a tiny but vocal minority? Do you think he's correct about that? I think Father Altman is right when he says that Bergoglio is a pretender to the papacy. And again, what do you think is going to happen? to Father Altman for saying the things he said, because those are not to be taken lightly. His words there are not to be taken lightly. Curious, so let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, so to sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.